And I remember I was so angry. <laughs> this is so stupid. I slept on the couch. Oh my God. <laughs> like Mexican drama, like a telenovela. So, <laughs> so I was like, I stay on the couch. And then he was like, what happened? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, ah. Oh. He's like clearly I something. Was like, oh, I see. I see. You sleep with this guy. And I was like, what? Wait, he accused you? Aha, aha, because he didn't know what was going on. And he thought, because I arrived and as soon as I arrived, I took a shower and then I didn't want to sleep oh, on the same bed. My God. So he created his own wow. telenovela. Yeah, he's just as dramatic. Aha, exactly, exactly. Welcome back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. For today's episode, I'm so honored to be expanding my international reach quite a bit, not only with a guest who lives in Mexico currently, but has also spent extensive time abroad in a number of countries, which we'll dive into. And I'm really excited to introduce Mariana Villanueva. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for inviting me. I'm very, very excited. Yes, I am so excited as well. And to give a little bit of background as to how I got Mariana on the podcast. So I was in Mexico City for just over a week. And it's so funny because before I left, my boyfriend was like, you should find a guest in Mexico City. And I was like, how am I going to find a guest? I'm on vacation. I'm not going to be like searching for that. And then on my first full day of vacation, Mariana was actually my tour guide during a free walking tour. And I was like, wow, she's so fun. She's great. I got her number. And then we actually went out that same night and she kind of showed me around the bar and club scene, which was amazing. And yeah, we just kind of Mm -hmm. began talking about our dating lives. And I just had to shoot my shot because your experience and background was so fascinating. Yes, yes, I remember that night. <laughs> we also went to like gay bar, right? We were in I a, think so. Uh, the pink zone yes, in that was the last bar we went to. I almost forgot. That was the last bar. Yeah, it was like kind of a pop crawl, <laughs> kind of, no? Like a bar crawl. Yes, I feel like I really got to experience so the lifestyle like from a real native perspective versus just going to the places that I found on like Yelp or Google. Yeah, exactly. It's much, much better. Every time I travel, I always try to find people from the country, you know, like locals, mm-hmm. so they can show you around like the real places, the cool places. Yes. That's yeah. the way to do it. And especially mm-hmm. doing like exactly. a walking tour, I feel like it's such a great way to immerse mm-hmm. yourself and like, orient yourself as soon as you arrive. So it was all such an amazing experience. Yeah, and to know a little bit about the history as well, no? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's important and, and very interesting, especially in Mexico City, has a lot, a lot of cool history. So I hope you like the tour. Oh I hope you like the history about Mexico and 100%. everything. 100%. Yeah, it was amazing. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I guess to dive in, for the listeners, can you walk us through your background, both in terms of where you currently live, which we know is Mexico City, but where you've lived mm-hmm. prior to that and how long you've spent in each country? So the last country was France. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, 
actually it was Nicaragua oh, wow. last month oh my gosh. because I celebrated my birthday. Oh, there. nice. What an amazing celebration. Yeah, yeah. I was there for three weeks. Wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Was it your first time in Nicaragua? Yeah, my first time. Oh my, gosh. my first time. How was it? It was amazing. I had an amazing experience because I also went there with the guy that I'm currently oh dating. Oh my gosh. Wow. So yeah. romantic. Yes, it was awesome. I really love it. But before that, in 2020, I was in France. Oh my gosh. That was my last country, France. I stayed there for four months. Wow. Four months during the pandemic oh. because my actual plan was to live in France for one year. Oh. Yes, because one of my dreams in life is to learn French. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is it. I need to go to France. I need to live there at least for one mm -hmm. year so I can learn the language. Yeah. And I arrived there in February 2020. And then, yeah, the COVID started. Mm -hmm. The quarantine started in March mm -hmm. 2020. So I was there February, March, April, and May. Okay. So yes. before the quarantine started, did you feel like you got a chance to kind of explore in that month, you know, before shit hit the fan? Yes, of course. Like all February, I explore all the South of France. Oh my gosh. How amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I was very, very, very happy. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of friends in France. Oh. That's why also I decided to move to France. Mm -hmm. Because I lived in Melbourne for five mm -hmm. years in Australia. So I met a lot of people. I did a lot of good friends. And most of my friends were from France. So I just called them and I was like, I'm going to France. <laughs> Can you host me? And they were like, yeah, of course, come here. We're going to help you finding a job, finding a school, a place to oh live. Or you can stay in my house for some time. Aww. So it was awesome. That's amazing. I love the South of France in particular. I feel like I've been to France a couple times now and every single time I just feel like I want to quit my life and just buy a bread card or something and make my living that way. So what a dream come true. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's what I decided. I really need to go to France because I was there before. This was my third time in mm -hmm. France. So I was like, at one point in my life, I need to leave. Yeah. There. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And what was it like before that when you were in Australia? And did you go straight from Australia to France or did you return to Mexico in between? Yes, I was in Australia, but it was, it's like a bit complicated. Mm -hmm. So I was in Australia, January and February mm -hmm. because my best friend got married in Australia oh. and I was a maid of honor. Made, the maid oh, of nice. honor. Uh huh. Yes. So I had to be there. But before that, in 2019, so December, November, and October, I was in Mexico. I was in Mexico for three mm -hmm. months because my other best friend got married in Mexico. And now oh I'm <laughs> the maid of honor. So I had to be in Mexico for October. Oh, wow. You're in demand. <laughs> yes. I was in demand and I had another wedding, but I, I was not the maid of honor mm -hmm. there. And then I have to be back in Australia for January mm. for my other best friend wedding. Wow. I was in Mexico for three months, 
But all that year, the rest of 2019, I was in Melbourne. Okay. Okay. Wow. And so I knew about these two countries. Like I think we had talked about France and Australia, but I didn't realize that you had lived in these other countries as well. So where else have you lived? It's like, where in the world is Mariana? Like instead of where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> yes. My friends always laugh about that. It's like, now where are you? And with who? Did you already get married? They fear like one day I will call them and I'll be like, hey guys, uh, come to, I don't know, Brazil. I just getting married next Surprise. month. <laughs> Surprise. Yes. But before Australia, I lived in the Philippines mm -hmm. okay. for around half a year. Wow. And before that, Turkey wow. for one year and Czech Republic for half a year. I feel like those are all such different locations. Is mm -hmm. there any way that you could pick a favorite or are they just too different from each other to compare? Turkey, oh, 100%. Wow. What did you like about There's Turkey? No doubt. Everything. Wow. Everything. Food people, weather, landscapes, culture, tradition, history, architecture, you know, people are just lovely. Everybody was so kind with us as being foreigners. Mm -hmm. They just love us Aww. and the food. Oh my God. I think I gained eight kilos <laughs> when I was there. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, you should see my pictures when I was in Turkey. Oh my God, I was so fat. <laughs> it sounds like it was well worth it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But there is no doubt Turkey is my number one. Wow. Okay, so you have your favorite country. Do you have your favorite country from the perspective of dating and the men there? For sure. Australia. Wow. Oh my God. I've always wanted to go to Australia. It's like pretty much number one on my list. I've wanted to go there since I was 10 years old and watched Mary-Kate and Ashley and our lips are sealed. So they live up to the hype because I, I know Australian men are really hot. Like what else about them was so appealing? Well, so I'm going to tell you my perspective. Okay. okay. So first of all, I think the best country in terms of dating is Australia, but not because of Australian men. Oh, that's interesting. No, 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 no. It's because it's full of people from all over the country. Oh. So you always meet people from everywhere. Mm -hmm. You meet people from France, from Germany, from China, from Thailand, from USA, Canada, eh, Colombia, no, Argentina. So... I never experienced that before Australia, mm -hmm. you know, when I was living in, for example, France, almost everybody was French, yeah. you know, in Mexico, almost everybody's Mexican in the Philippines, mm, only Filipinos, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but in Australia, it's not like that. Ooh, no, no, no. Use your pick. In Australia, it's like, yeah, in Australia, you can just choose <laughs> from, it's like a buffet. You oh know? my God. Okay. I love that so much. Yes. So that's why it's my favorite one. Okay. So that transitions perfectly because I remember on our first night out, you asked me like a very loaded question and it was, what uh -huh. do I think about guys in Mexico? And so I feel like, you know, mm -hmm. there's a very distinct 
answer to that for you, because obviously you're really familiar. And like you said, especially in Mexico City, most of the people living there are Mexican. And I didn't really have much of an opinion because I haven't spent an extended period of time there. I've never dated in the country. I will say like the one thing that I did notice after only a couple of days is that the couples in Mexico are very comfortable with showing affection in public and PDA. Uh, yeah. Ah, for sure, for sure. I was sure. like, that's actually really cute and refreshing because sometimes it would be just like a long embrace and sometimes it'd be like, oh, we're at dinner and they're like just making out. Like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's so true. But like, aside from that, I don't really have any insights. So it seemed like you had a very strong opinion on what it's like to date men in Mexico. So I wanted to mm-hmm. ask, what is that opinion? Well... I think you remember. Yes, I, you. I wanted to get the emphasis for the podcast. <laughs> okay, so I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't want to date any more Mexicans in my life. In your life? In my life. Wait, that's, I didn't know it was that strong. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, no. so how come? <sighs> I'm like exasperated just thinking about it. I mean, where can I start? I think, first of all, in general, of course, Mm -hmm. not everybody, but in general, they are very dependent Mm. of their mothers, Mm. you know? So they have this thing with their mom. So it's like the mom is first Mm, always. And everything they do, they ask the moms or still the moms wash their clothes oh, or yeah. make them food or get in their relationships problems yeah I think that that is the main thing okay. uh-huh. um, in Latin America in general we have a big problem about machismo mm. machism you know so you can see that with men they don't like to clean mm. they want all the time women to be cleaning their clothes or the room or the toilet, the dishes, Mm. they really don't help women to do all these chores. But this is in general. Mm -hmm, I don't say like all Mexicans, but in my experience and the experience of my best friends as well, Mm, it is like that. And they are very, how can I say like, we say mujeriegos in oh. Spanish. It means they are always looking for women. Oh. They are very like flirty. Okay. So it's kind of like a player mentality. Yes, a lot. And you know, my best friends are Mexican, Mexican guys. Mm-hmm. And I know them and I see them. I saw them, how they even having like girlfriends that they say they love and they are the love of their lives still they cheat on them oh. all the time all the time all the time oh gosh mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I really don't like that I don't want to be with someone like that but of course you know maybe there are some Mexicans that are different mm-hmm. and more like independent and more like gentlemen mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe why not? But that's my opinion. Okay. I mean, those are all like very strong deterrents. So completely understand. And I guess I'm curious because you say you don't ever want to date another Mexican man again. Mm -hmm. Did you have any really defining experiences or anything that kind of was like a final straw or was it just little experiences over time that you eventually got fed up with? 
Yes, I had like the last time I dated a Mexican was maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And he hated cleaning. He said only women should clean things like that. When I met the mother, the mother was deciding about our house. Oh. The mother even said like, oh, I don't see any Jesus uh, cross here in the house. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you're like, you're right. Okay. okay. Oh. What should I do? Yeah. This kind of machism mentality that I just really can't handle. Yeah. Yeah, that's really tough. And I feel like it's so hard when parents are over-involved, especially when it's to the point of them trying to dictate your home decor, you know? It's like, where does it end? And also religion, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like no one should force that on anybody. I feel like that's just an immediate strain on any relationship. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I can have a good experience after, but I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. You gave it a shot. You gave it a shot. Mm -hmm. Are there any key regional differences across Mexico? Because when I think about if someone were to ask what I thought about American guys, I would have vastly different opinions depending on whether I was describing guys in LA or the South or the Northwest. Is there anything noteworthy across the country that you can think of? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) sure. I mean, the North part of Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's worst. Really? It's worse with machismo. Oh. Like horrible. Like punching women. Wait, really? Yes. The north. Ooh, the north is the worst for machismo. Why do you think that Mexico? is? Hmm, interesting question. I really don't know. Even the songs, we have a specific music from the north, mm-hmm. which are banda and corrido. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the lyrics are about machism. Mm. And, you know, I have three women and I'm the king and lyrics like that. So it's very famous, like the north part of Mexico for being like that. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because I can't attribute this to any one specific region. Maybe if you were to look at the different regions of rap and where they originate in America, you could really pinpoint these. I personally am not, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but I think a lot of the times about the music that I would listen to when I was in like sometimes as early as 10 years old and in middle school and all the rap that I would listen to. And then I'll listen to it today and think about the fact that I would sing to these lyrics about guys just talking about fucking women and having all these bitches and it was so derogatory and I'm like it's so crazy that our society just totally normalizes that for everyone Mm -hmm. no matter your gender no matter if you're actually a misogynist no matter how old you are it's pretty wild yeah exactly and how much we like that music no Mm -hmm. because in in Latin America it's the same with reggaeton you know reggaeton yes Mm -hmm. now reggaeton is so so big right now and All the lyrics are based on that, on how men are talking about women being bitches and having sex with them and how it's so important to have big boobs, big ass, you know, and that's only important thing about a woman, the looks and how much uh, she can fuck a guy, you know? Yeah, it's pretty disturbing. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. It's crazy. But we love it. It's like, I love reggaeton. 
I love yeah. it because it no, makes yeah. me dance all the time and have a really nice time with my friends and dancing. Mm -hmm. But when you really pay attention to the lyrics, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the same way. I can't pretend I'm innocent and that I've since boycotted this music. Like if I go to a club and music from like the early 2000s that I grew up with is playing, of course I'm going to dance. And I'm probably going to sing along, even though I don't really believe in what the music is saying, but it's a fun time. Yeah, exactly. It's a big problem. So like a systemic I don't problem. Know. Yeah, for sure. So I'd love to hear about some of the biggest differences that you noticed in guys when you were dating abroad. So like, I know you mentioned that in Australia, you got to date a whole range of guys, but were there any differences that you noticed that were specific to the guys of that country? Like anything you noticed about French men or the actual Australian men or anything else across mm -hmm. the countries? Uh, so many differences, <laughs> so many, many differences. Like, for example, Australians, you mentioned that it was so funny. Mexicans love to show love everywhere, right? Yes. Like affection everywhere. And Australians are the opposite. Wow. They don't like it. They <laughs> hate it. I hate so it? I dated, yes, I dated an Australian guy like for maybe one year or less than one year. And it was so weird because I couldn't kiss him oh. outside. He was like so nervous, just <laughs> looking around if no one was watching me. And I was like, what, what happened? Yeah. It's like, no, no, you know what? Give me a kiss yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, what are you afraid of? Yeah, exactly. Like in the subway, you know, I just want to, to give him just a little kiss yeah. on the cheek or just like on the lips. But no, he was like so nervous all the time Aww. and no hugging, no nothing. And I just couldn't handle it. I was like, no more Australians <laughs> for me. <laughs> that is so intense. I dated someone else who was like that and... I can't even blame it on his culture. Maybe it was just like his specific family raised him to be this way. But I remember one mm -hmm. time in particular, we were at dinner with my mom and she was sitting across the table from us. And I think I put my hand on his knee, like nothing scandalous under the table. Mm -hmm. My mom couldn't even see. And even if she did, she wouldn't care. And he like picked up my hand and moved it back to my lap. And I was like, what? <laughs> These aren't even your oh parents. Like, does this matter? And now... I feel like that kind of gave me a little bit of PTSD. And so like now my boyfriend, his family, they don't care about that. So like I've spent a lot of time with them and he'll like put his arms around me and kiss me and it's no big deal. It took me a little getting used to just after dating this other person who was so hands off. It was really weird. Yes, exactly. Because after I also dated another guy from Chile, you mm -hmm. know, another Latino and oh my God, that was a the opposite. <laughs> I was just like kissing me everywhere, hugging me, like carrying me Aww. everywhere. That's so cute. Um, yeah, he even make a big, how can I say, like a like a big note, Aww. and he put that note in the window of Aww. our house. Oh my gosh! Being like Mariana, te amo, Mariana, I love how you. Cute. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like completely completely the opposite yeah. of Australia. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that they were so hands-off. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also with Australians in general, what I realized is that when you date them, 
or when you are actually in a relationship with them, it's very common to start the dating by drinking a lot. <laughs> that actually aligns with America. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's more about drinking. It's mm -hmm. not like Latinos. Latinos, when we start dating someone, we avoid the drinking. Oh. And when we start being more serious in a relationship, we don't really want to go out a lot, party. We want more like to stay home or do some activities outside, mm -hmm. picnics or more like nothing really relating to alcohol. Mm. And Australians, no. <laughs> Australians is more like party, party, party. Wow. We meet in a party, we get drunk. Mm -hmm. And when we are starting dating, it's all about what party are we going mm. next for the weekend mm -hmm. and getting drunk together. And I've seen this a lot within Australian couples. It's more about drinking, drinking, mm. drinking, drinking, drinking. Mm -hmm. That's super relatable. And it's funny, right before we started our recording, I was actually listening to another dating podcast and it's focused mm -hmm. on American dating. And this person wrote in to ask the hosts for advice. And she was saying, how do I deal with the fact that I don't drink if I'm trying to date? And it's because mm -hmm. like first dates, most of the time it is, let's go to a bar, let's get drinks. And I think it's to the point where it really stands out if somebody is creative enough to suggest something that is an activity that's not around drinking. Like it is kind of the default for us as well, which is so interesting. Yeah, but that doesn't really happen with other nationalities. Like mm -hmm. with French, when I was dating French guys, they always came up with different ideas, restaurants, breakfast, oh. coffee, uh, maybe some like festivals, mm -hmm. markets as well. Yeah. Uh, cinema. That's really refreshing because I feel like traditionally we would have things like, yeah, you can go to a coffee day, you can go to dinner, you can go to the movies, but it's not the norm. And I think a lot of times people here, and I will say even myself included, can sometimes be scared of the idea of going on a dinner date for a first date. And I think it's just this fear that you're going to go, you're going to be stuck because it's going to take a long time. It's going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really like the idea of doing, even if it's not dinner, other things. Like I was a big fan of coffee dates when I was single because you get to really get a sense of what someone's like without that social lubricant. And can you actually hold a conversation with them when you're not two, exactly. three drinks in? And then if it's horrible, mm -hmm. you can leave after an hour without it being awkward. Yeah, exactly. So I prefer those kind of dates as well. Mm -hmm. Just like different things, not just drinking alcohol all the time. It's like I've seen that a lot with Australian men and Australian women as well. I would be so interested to know, and I know you weren't there during the pandemic, but I'm curious how dating in Australia changed when people couldn't go out to bars. Mm. Like, did people then take more time to get to know each other on a personal level? Or was it just dates that were centered around drinking at the other person's house? Like, I'd be so interested. Yeah, it will be very interesting, but I really don't think they will have time to date because mm -hmm. Australia was very harsh, you know, yeah. harsh mm -hmm. with the, the lockdowns, with the lockdown. So mm -hmm. you can't really go outside for nothing. Yeah, that's true. I did talk to one of my friends who lives in Australia and she was mentioning that it was pretty intense for a while there. Very, very, very intense. More than three months. Like my friends were getting 
crazy, really. It was very bad for them. Yeah, gosh, I feel like we're all going to have a little bit of trauma coming out of this to varying degrees. Yeah, for sure. So did you date when you were in Turkey or the Czech Republic or the Philippines? Yes, I dated everywhere. <laughs> I love that. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. I didn't miss a chance. So in Czech Republic, I dated this guy from England. Hmm. Uh-huh. That was my first foreigner experience. <laughs> I was so excited. Aww. I was so excited. And he was such a gentleman. Aww. He was so so cute it was like the real english gentleman mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. hearing me and talking to me very nicely so i really really like him mainly i was dating him before i dated him i dated some german guy but not really like important mm -hmm. in turkey i dated some turkish guy oh. guys at the beginning of my trip but at the end, I met the first love of my life. Oh, wow. Yes. He's Colombian. Ooh. Okay, so how was that experience? Because I imagine you have kind of a different mindset when you're dating abroad. Like, you can definitely look for something serious, but is there always this thought in the back of your mind that you're eventually going to leave and that the relationship has an expiration date? And does it also accelerate the speed at which you have those conversations about where things are going? Yes, it's horrible. Mm. It's very sad because you really love this person and you know it has an expired date, you know, depending on your visa. And it's very sad. But to be honest, it has happened to me several times in Turkey and in, in France and in Australia. But most of the times we try to avoid that conversation. Yeah. We really don't want to talk about it. We are just kind of leaving the moment mm -hmm. and just waiting and seeing if the relationship works and if it's worth it to start planning something else, something more serious. Because, yeah, you never know. You need to change your whole life for a person. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're not ready or maybe that person is not worth it. So I did that for the Colombian guy because I was so in love with him. Oh. And it was like my first kind of serious relationship. Mm -hmm. And he was such a gentleman yeah. as well. Oh. It was so nice. So, so nice. We have an amazing experience in Turkey. So we really didn't want to talk about what was going to happen mm -hmm. with our relationship. But I can tell you that when you're dating abroad, I think you give more of yourself. Mm, yeah. Like you give 200%. Whereas in your countries more, I don't know, you don't have like a rush. Yeah, that makes sense. I also feel like there's something about when you're traveling, whether you're living there for an extended period of time or just a short vacation, where you kind of feel like you're a little more carefree, you have your guard down a little bit less. And so I think that can also maybe open your mindset up in terms of being open to different experiences and then maybe also dating uh, outside yeah. your comfort zone. Because I think sometimes if you're in your own country, depending on what your long-term goals are, maybe you're just thinking, could I see myself marrying this person? And so you have like a very rigid set of 
standards and qualities that you're looking for. But if you're abroad, that doesn't necessarily matter. And so maybe you can find someone who you wouldn't think that you would connect with, but you absolutely do. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just about the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just about the experience of meeting new people, dating people from other country, knowing new cultures and traditions. Mm -hmm. So like you say, you're more like mind free, you know? Yeah. 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 So I love to date abroad. It's more and more interesting and more fun. Yeah. I completely agree. And not that I've ever seriously dated abroad, because again, I haven't lived anywhere more than six weeks. And when I was studying abroad, I don't know, I wasn't really looking for someone to date. It just didn't really happen. But one thing I will say is when I was single and I was on the dating apps and going on a lot of dates at home, I had this one summer where I feel like I traveled so much and I kept thinking, why do I keep meeting so many more people? And I just feel like my vibe is totally different. The energy that I'm putting out, something is just attracting more people. And yeah, I just think you're in a different mindset and you kind of let go of any inhibitions that might be holding you back in your day-to-day life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's very different to date abroad and to date in your homeland. But when I'm in Mexico or when I was in Mexico, when I was dating, it feels more like thinking in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you say, like, will I marry this guy? Should they meet my family? Because that's another thing. Oh my gosh, yes. When you're abroad... It's a whole variable that's just out of the picture. Yeah, exactly. And in Mexico, like usually when you date Latin people in general, but in Mexico, they want to meet your family. Mm, Yeah. Because they want to make it more formal. Wow. Yeah. Yes. A lot of pressure. No. Yeah, a lot of pressure. But when you're dating abroad, that doesn't happen. You know, they don't need to meet your family. Oh my gosh. So this is a stereotype. And so I want to say, obviously, not all guys are going to be like this. And of course, it's going to vary from country to country. But I imagine Mm -hmm. that if you meet a guy, you connect, and then he finds out like, yeah, she's not going to be looking years down the line, because she's just here for vacation or just here for an extended trip. That is kind of like their dream, in a sense, because it just takes away all the pressure. It takes away that clock that feels like it can be ticking when you have relationships that have the potential to be more serious. Did you get a sense that guys reacted a certain way when they knew that you weren't from there? Did you have any certain reactions that stood out? Yes, but I don't think it's because I was not from Australia or not from that country. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think it was because I was Latina and that gave me a lot of points, a lot of points everywhere, everywhere. Like every time they ask, where are you from? And if I say a Latina or Mexico, Mm -hmm. they were like super happy. Wow. That's amazing. And even some guys like on Tinder, Mm -hmm. they wrote down like, it would be better if you're Latina. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Talk about having the upper hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they really like when they meet Latinas. Me and my friends, we had, we were so lucky <laughs> in Australia and in, in Europe in general. Mm-hmm. It's very common. Like everybody knows that if you're Latina, you will have more chances and more possibilities today because they love Latinas. So 
I'm curious because I feel like if I were to come across a guy on an app and he weren't black and he was like, it's better if you're a black girl, I would be like, this guy's weird. It's like some weird fetish thing. Did you ever get weird vibes or did guys ever have misconceptions about what it was like to date a Latina? Or was it all just like, oh, it's positive. Like I've had positive experiences in the past and nothing problematic. It was all positive experiences for them. So that's why they were looking for Latinas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like as soon as they knew you, also you speak Spanish, you know, you speak another language, Mm -hmm. you have another mindset, you can bring something new to their lives in terms of everything, you know, like hobbies and traditions or stories. They really value that. They really like that. Yeah, that's great. Also, I mean, your accent helps. Like, it's such a cute accent. Yes, the accent <laughs> always helps. It's like me with French guys. Yes. Oh, my God, I melt. <laughs> I melt every time they talk to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, or English guys. Yes. Oh, my God. British guys. Oh, my God. It's like five more points yeah. if you have a British accent or a French accent. Oh my God. I love that. Honestly, I'm really jealous because there's nobody out there who's like, wow, I love an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no one. Maybe one. <laughs> keep, keep trying. Keep searching. I know. At least one. Oh my God. Yeah, they're hard to find. I don't blame them. There's really nothing to write home about here. <laughs> But maybe you can fake one, fake a Mexican accent. Uh, You know, one night in college, my friend and I did decide to fake British accents. And we were like, Mm we've been drinking. We weren't drunk, but I'm sure it slipped in and out here and there. And we just made this elaborate lie about how we'd moved from England a year ago. And this person bought it the entire night. Or if they didn't buy it, they pretended to. And I was just like, there is no way. I'm not even going to try and recreate it now because I was just like, this is not a good accent. But yeah, you can fake it. It'll work on some people if they're drinking, I guess. Yeah. Let's try. Let's try the next time you go out with your friends. <laughs> pretend a Mexican accent. Oh my gosh. How you go? I'll try. I'll have to brush <laughs> up beforehand. Oh man. Yeah. So, okay. I love that you said you really love English accents because I feel like that transitions very well into your current dating experience, which is actually mm-hmm. what emboldened me to ask you to be a guest on the podcast in the first place because it's pretty wild. So yeah, I would love to hear about the guy who you're currently dating, how you met him, where he's from, all of that great stuff. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that story. So After France, of course, I came back to Mexico and I started my life here during the pandemic. This year, 2021, I opened my Tinder account again in Mexico without many hopes because I told you (laughs) I don't really like to date Mexicans right now and not a lot of foreigners live in Mexico. So I was like, okay, maybe, why not? Mm -hmm. No. And I met him there. The thing is that he lives in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's from England, but he lives in New York. Mm-hmm. But during the pandemic, he was living in England with the family. And he wanted to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. But USA has this travel ban that you cannot enter to the US from anywhere in the world, like not Europe, nor Latin America, not Asia mm-hmm. directly. 
you need to spend 15 days quarantine in Mexico. That's so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you stay 15 days in Mexico, then you can enter the U.S. Mm -hmm. So because of this amazing travel ban, <laughs> I him because he was going to New York, but of course he has to stop in Mexico. Mm -hmm. He stayed there for two weeks. We match. And then he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to stay here two weeks. And I was like, oh, that's sad. But I was like, ah, it's okay. Mm -hmm. He's cute. Yeah, It's worth, worth it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very cute. So I was like, yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. So we met. We had a really nice date. He was very, very nice as well. A gentleman. Aww. So I was very, very happy. And then... We just dated two times, really. Mm -hmm. Two weekends he was here, we dated. And I just told him like, oh, I wish you can come back mm -hmm. for my birthday. Because I met him on March mm -hmm. and my birthday is on May. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I wish you can come back for my birthday. It would be very nice to see you again. He was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? So he came back to New York. At the beginning, he didn't talk to me anymore he didn't mm. message me he didn't reply to my whatsapp oh. he left me on scene no <laughs> yes <laughs> yes the audacity oh i can't believe it it's oh like oh my gosh that hurts that hurt a lot like for one week after he arrived to new york one week he just saw my messages never reply mm -hmm. so it's like ah oh, so sad because i really felt like this connection with him mm -hmm. you know I really really like him so I thought maybe it will continue yeah but no he never replied to me so I was like uh okay next <laughs> thank you <Yeah>. next <laughs> but yeah you like that was fun yeah that was fun it's okay but after one week he called me he said I want to call you and I was like you want to call me you don't even answer my messages and you want to call me? Yeah. <laughs> so hmm. weird. So weird. So I was like, okay. So he called me and he just told me like, after arriving to New York, he was so sad because he missed Mexico and oh. he didn't really like his life in New York anymore. He's been living there for wow. four years, more than four years. And, you know, it's just like fed up with New York. So he was very yeah. sad. And he never mentioned he missed me, but I know he did. I know for sure. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I hope he I mean, actually if he's me. calling you, you know, it's a given. Yes. Then we start talking again. And remember, I told him I wanted to see him for my birthday. So he mm -hmm. called me and he said, I have something important to tell you. And I was like, what? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking about going one month to Nicaragua because I oh just miss the sun and I just miss the good weather. So yeah, I'm renting this Airbnb in front of the beach in a really nice beach town oh in Nicaragua, gosh. San Juan. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. And he was like, so if you want to join me, it will be very, very nice. So you're invited if you uh, want. 
And I was like, what a dream. Yeah, but you know, it was so weird because I just met him two times in Mexico and then he never replied to my messages. And now he wants me to go to Nicaragua for one month. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. (laughs) It like seems too good to be true. (laughs) Yes. It was so good. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was very scary to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, were you nervous? I was super nervous. I was so, so nervous. Like before the flight, because even though I had my flight, we both had our flights and the Airbnb and everything. He still Mm -hmm. wouldn't message me or like, we didn't have like a lot of, yeah. Like sometimes I message him and he didn't reply or he took like three days to reply. It's like, sorry, I was so busy. So, you know, I started to think all these crazy things like, oh my God, what if he's married? What if he has a family? What if he's like a weirdo or a serial killer? (laughs) Yeah, you never know. Oh my God. You never know. You never know. But I don't know, something inside me was telling me, no, he's a nice guy because the time that I spent with him in Mexico was so good. He was such a nice guy. And even in Mexico, mm-hmm. he told me that he didn't like to stay with his phone all the time and replying to messages. He doesn't have mm-hmm. social media, no Instagram, okay. no Facebook, like no nothing like that. So, so okay. 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 So when I arrived yeah. to Nicaragua, I was so nervous, so nervous. But yeah. it was amazing I love those three weeks I of course get to know him better and he's such a nice guy I really like him a lot Mm -hmm. yeah then we stayed together in Nicaragua and I came back to Mexico he came back to New York and now I'm going to meet him in New York when are you going to New York Friday (gasps) Friday oh my gosh in two days what I didn't know it was so soon wow wait how long are you staying in New York just one week just one oh my gosh okay I have so many questions so first of all when you arrived I know you said you were nervous but then it was amazing was there any transition period where it was awkward because I feel like that's a lot to jump into living with someone for three weeks wow it was so awkward you can't believe (laughs) I was like Oh my God, I have to drink a lot like the first day. (laughs) Yeah, get the nerves out. Yes. Oh my God, the first five days, it was so awkward. You don't know this guy. (laughs) Now you're living together with him for three weeks. And it's just like, what? Yes. I just can't imagine getting ready for bed. I just feel like that's so intimate. Like not even, I'm not even talking about the sleeping in the same bed yet. It's just like, oh, I'm going to take off my makeup and all of this, you know, and like, you're going to see what I look like first thing in the morning and I have morning breath. It's just like very intimate. Yes, yes, yes. It was so, so awkward. Yeah, that part, the part that you mentioned, like going to bed and it's like, okay, so good night. (laughs) Good night. Yeah, good night. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first five days was really awkward. But of course, like during the day, we were working because we were not like, it was not like 100% holidays, you know? We were working during the morning Mm -hmm. and in the afternoon. We went to the beach and restaurants and drinking. And I remember we had a fight. We had a discussion. About what? Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? That discussion changed everything and made everything better Mm. since then. Mm Okay. What was it about? I mean, we really didn't know what we wanted from each other, Mm. why we were there. Yeah. We wanted to meet each other. Yeah. Do we wanted to have something serious? It was just mm-hmm. like, come to Nicaragua, but I do my things, you do your things, and mm-hmm. we can date another person in Nicaragua. We really didn't know. We didn't talk about it. Yeah. So I remember he was being a bit weird, like wanting his own space. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like he didn't want it to stay with me all the time. So he was like, <laughs> oh, so after my work, I'm going to have uh, dinner at this restaurant. Like if you want to join. And I'm like, what? It's like, um, I'm your guest. You invited me. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know what? He didn't want me to push me to do everything with him. Okay. So he wanted you to have some sense of freedom and independence if that's what you wanted. Yes, because also he didn't know what I wanted. Yeah, okay. Okay. I guess I respect that, actually. Uh-huh. We didn't know. We didn't know what the other person was hoping for for the trip. Yeah. I remember one day we went out for dinner and there was a game, a basketball game. He loves basketball. So he's like, oh, so I'm going to this bar because I'm going to watch the game so you can stay here if you want. So I was like, oh, you know what? Okay, go and watch your game. And I go and just discover the city and walk around. Mm-hmm. So he was there watching the game. I was like, I'm going to this club because they have like karaoke night. Oh. So when your game finish, just call me and maybe we can go home back together. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. So I went to this karaoke bar and there were a lot of foreigners. So I meet a lot of people and I met this guy from USA and we start talking with each other and everything, but I really didn't like him. It was just like, I needed a friend, you know? And I was feeling a bit sad Mm -hmm. because I was feeling like he doesn't want to be with me. Yeah, that's hard. So it was very difficult. So I start talking with this guy and having fun, shalala, shalala. And then he messaged me and he was like, okay, the match is finished. And I said, okay, so where should we meet? Mm -hmm. No, he never replied. What? I waited and I waited and I waited. And I was like, oh my God, where are you? And then he just messaged me like an hour later. Oh, I'm home. I'm going to sleep. Have fun. What? I would be so mad. What is going on? I was so angry. You know, I was oh my like, God. what? What's happening? What's happening? Yeah. So I was like, okay, so as soon as I received the message, I'm home, have fun. Tell me if you need something. I was like, what? So yes, I need something. I need you to come here and enjoy Nicaragua with me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Otherwise, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. So I went back home. I was so angry. So angry. And I have 
yeah. some drinks, you know, I drink like some tequila, some <laughs> yes. beers. And I was like, okay, I don't want to talk to him because I'm so angry and I'm so drunk. So I don't want to make this worse. So mm -hmm. as soon as I arrived, I just took a shower and go to bed. Mm -hmm. But when I arrived, he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, fine. And I left. <laughs> and he was like, okay, oh do you need God. something? Nope. And I left. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, everything's okay. And you're like, yeah. no. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And he was like, tell me what happened. I was like, nothing. I want to sleep. And I remember I was so angry. <laughs> this is so stupid. I slept on the couch. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Mexican drama, like a telenovela soap opera. Oh my God. I so love I was that. like, I stay on the couch. And then he was like, what happened? And I was like, nothing. He's like, ah. Oh. He's like clearly something. I was like, oh, I see. I see. You sleep with this guy. You make up with this guy. And I was like, wow. Wait, he accused you? Aha. Uh Aha. -huh, uh -huh. Because <gasps> he didn't know what was going on. And he thought, because I arrived. And as soon as I arrived, I took a shower. And then I didn't want to do Oh, sleep on the same God. bed so he created his own wow. telenovela uh -huh, in his head yeah he's and just as like, dramatic <laughs> uh -huh, exactly exactly <laughs> so he's like we make out with this guy and i was like what of course wow. not of course not and he's like so tell me what happened and i just told him you know what i don't want to talk to you right now because really I was so angry. I had alcohol. I, mm -hmm. So I was like, no, 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 no. It's better to go to sleep. Then tomorrow morning after my meditation, maybe I feel better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe I can think things clearly. So mm -hmm. that's what I did in the morning because Smart. I wake up very early every day. Every day I wake up like at 5 a.m. Oh, I wow. woke up and I did my meditation, you know, I was relaxing and everything. And I was like, I need to talk to him and I need to tell him what's going on in my mind. I need to tell him that yeah. I feel he doesn't want to be with me, you know, and yeah. that was uh, all the problem. So I go up the stairs and he wasn't there. What? He was not, he was not in the house anymore. And oh it was like 5.30 a.m. What? What a yes. shock. Yes. And I was like, okay, okay. So maybe he just went to the beach because every day, every morning, he also went to the beach and do some exercise okay. there. So I was like, okay, he's coming back. He's coming back. I waited. I waited. Nothing. He was not online on WhatsApp. His last connection was at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening? And then... You know, it was 8 a.m., <gasps> nothing, 9 a.m., nothing. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? Okay, so anyway, I'm going to the city. I'm having some breakfast. Mm -hmm. I went to the city. I came back, and he wasn't there. It was already oh 12, 1 p.m. He was not there. And I just messaged him. I just sent him a WhatsApp. Is everything okay? Yeah, like, are, are you, you alive? Okay? Are you alive? And then he arrived home 
And it was so awkward. Oh my God. What time was it when you finally showed up? Maybe around 1. Okay. 1 p.m. Wow. Uh And I was on the swimming pool. He arrived, he opened his laptop and he started working. And I was like, okay, Mariana, (laughs) you need to... You need to speak with him. You need to be brave enough and say something about this. So we start talking and I told him everything. I told him, okay, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very angry because I feel you don't want to be with me. I feel Mm -hmm. you don't want to enjoy this trip with me. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I feel like you just want your own space, but just tell me if you want to do your own thing. Mm -hmm. And he told me, I feel exactly the same. Really? Yeah. He was like, I just feel like you want your own space and you don't want to do everything with me in this Mm. trip. So I didn't know what you wanted. Yeah. Uh And after that, seriously, he was so happy. Uh He was like, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. Because I was feeling the same. Mm. And he was like, I'm sorry. I was being, you know, an idiot. But after that, everything was just like amazing. Amazing. Everything. We did everything together and it was more connection. Mm -hmm. And now we spend more time together doing other things, Mm -hmm. going to the beach or just talking a lot, getting to know each other more. That discussion changed everything. Wow. That is such a roller coaster. And honestly, I think it's such a great lesson of it's not worthwhile to play games because I feel like it would be really easy to say, I'm going to wait for him to talk to me and he should understand how I feel. But then who knows how much time you would have wasted. Maybe the trip would have been unsalvageable. So it's so great that you were able to just face it head on. I have done these silly games so many times in my life that I'm just sick of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just sick of being proud and not talking to the person you like and not being able to express yourself. But you know what? That was the first time I did something like that. It was so difficult for me because I'm a very proud person. Mm -hmm. Maybe another time, some years ago, I'll be like, ah, yeah. Ah, you don't show up? Well, I'm going out with a hot Nicaraguan guy or, you know, I'm getting drunk and I'm doing this and start playing games for sure. But I'm sick of that. I'm so sick of that. And honestly, meditation has helped me a lot. Really? A lot, a lot, a lot. I just started this year oh well, last year a little bit a little bit in 2020 mm-hmm. but more full on 2021 and during my meditation <laughs> i discovered that if i really want to be happy i need to leave that pride aside and go and talk to him and if at the end he's being an idiot i can just leave but the reality is like everybody has feelings So he was hurt. I was hurt. And it's better to say, I'm sorry. Because as soon as you say, I'm sorry, the other person changed completely. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. I was so scared to tell him I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. 
And at the end, everything was perfect. He was like, no, I'm sorry. And I'm very happy that you mentioned this and and blah, 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 because he was doing the game. He was playing the game. Yeah. You know, he was going out. He was not coming home. Yeah. But I was like, no, 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 no. I don't deserve this anymore. I don't deserve these type of relationships anymore. Mm-hmm. Way to be the bigger person. That's really impressive. So a couple things I wanted to circle back on. You mentioned that in the past, you might have been a little more reactive and acted in a way that's maybe a little more toxic. Are you able to kind of pinpoint maybe an age where your mindset started to shift and where those behaviors were something that you decided you wanted to put in the past? <laughs> yes, this year. <laughs> so was it all the meditation? Yes. How did you get into meditation? I feel like it's so daunting. Well, it's very complicated, but I had a very, very, very toxic relationship Mm. before, like really, really bad in 2017. Mm -hmm. And since that, I couldn't recover from that. Mm. I was in a lot of depression and I was getting sick all the time and anxiety things like this. So I couldn't recover. So I started going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in the therapy, they told me, you can start meditation. It will be so nice for you, inshallah. Then my friends were also starting some meditation. Mm -hmm. And when I arrived to Mexico in 2020, during the pandemic, my best friend started meditation challenge with Deepak Chopra. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like 21 days meditation challenge about abundance. Okay. And it changed my life completely. Really? Wow, you can't imagine. Wow. You can't imagine how depressed I was. Mm. If you see me last year, this time last year, I was so sad so depressed so hopeless so sick and meditation helped me a lot I feel very happy I feel very peaceful right now Mm -hmm. you know I feel very confident about the future yeah very very confident that's why that's so inspiring and obviously we've only met a couple of times but I just can't Mm -hmm. imagine the description that you're painting right now of you being hopeless and depressed because I do sense that you are such a positive exuberant person now and so I feel like that's just such a great testament for meditation and I would love to hear a little bit about what the 21 day course or challenge looked like how did it progress from day one through day 21 and what were some of the things that you kind of learned and the realizations that you made So the most important thing in that meditation for me was when they tell you that the universe is full of opportunities, Mm. abundance. So you need to trust. You need to trust life. Mm -hmm. Everybody have fears all the time. We are full with fears. Uh, This is not going to work. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to die. I'm going to the worst. And that doesn't need to be that way. Nature and the universe and life is just full of good things if you really want it. And it's all about 
energy and about being positive and about your vibe. If you are, you know, in a high vibe, in a positive vibe, good things are coming to you. Yeah. If you are low, only bad things will come. So you need to trust. So the most important thing was for me to trust, just trust life, just mm -hmm. trust, trust, because if you have a good energy, a positive energy, that's exactly what you're going to attract. So during this whole year, I'm pushing myself to avoid all the negative thoughts because Negative thoughts come all the time, oh, every yeah. second, no? Yeah, every second. All the time. And now I'm able to stop them. Wow. You know, I'm being conscious and I'm like, hey, Mariana, why are you thinking you are going to burn your head? <laughs> why are you thinking no one will like your tours? Why oh. are you thinking like, no, it's like, Mariana, come on wake up wake up this is your mind this is not the real life mm -hmm. come back come back to the real life yeah so meditation has helped me a lot a lot and you can't imagine how much i change because of that i mean that's all so powerful and i know we always hear about the law of attraction and the fact that you need to put out positive vibes if you want positive things back but i think just hearing your testimony that in itself is so much more powerful to hear how it transformed you and honestly kind of a short period of time it sounds like it really mm -hmm. was a great way for you to rework some of the negative habits and negative self-talk that you had been going through because you're right we all go through it Oftentimes, I think about the fact that I have imposter syndrome about things or I'll criticize myself. And I think we have this culture where that can be seen as a positive thing because, oh, that's what drives you. That's what pushes you to be better. But no, that's not okay. I think about the fact that if I had a friend who said the things that I say about myself in my head, mm -hmm. I would not be friends with that person. And exactly. yet I accept this. And I have been working, you know, to get better about it and be more conscious of it but it is a really hard habit to break. So it's good to know that it sounds like meditation can really maybe be that transformative step in breaking those habits. Yes, well, it changed my life completely. And it's not like, because people think, oh, I cannot do meditation because I cannot stop thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they think meditation is just putting your mind in blank. Yeah. And actually it does, but... It's not so easy. You need mm -hmm. a whole transition. But during that transition, the things that they tell you during the meditation, uh -huh, the things that you learn, make yourself relax, relax and trust mm -hmm. and always be in a positive vibe. And at the end, it helps you a lot. I'm very happy I started meditation. And yes, little by little, I'm getting there. I was always a very positive person, mm -hmm. very like, how can you say, like happy and friendly all the time. Like mm -hmm. all my life, all my life, I've been like this. But during those five years, starting in 2017, wow, because of this toxic relationship, mm -hmm. I changed a lot. Even my best friends were telling me, I wasn't myself, my family, my mm. mom, she was so worried about me. She was like, yourself, you're another person. What's happening with you? Mm -hmm. 
It was very bad. It's really crazy how much power one individual can have over our entire sense of self and well-being. It's really sad. And I feel like no one is true. Well, I don't want to say no one because maybe there are some people who are fully self-actualized, but very few of us are fully immune to that. It's a pretty scary thought. Yes, but I don't think you're completely right because it's not one person that has power over you is yourself. Mm -hmm. You are the one who get into this situation because yourself, you have some problems to fix. If yourself is completely good, you won't get into this situation. So it's never the fault of the other person. It's always your fault because you have things to to fix. You know what? I am so glad that you said that because I actually fully agree and just wasn't necessarily articulating it correctly because you are right. I had a relationship that it wasn't a good relationship. And I don't know if I would go, I don't know. I think there were a lot of toxic elements. There were a lot of things that I look back on. My friends and I will look back on. We're like, I can't believe you stayed with this person or you put up with X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z. But I never want to say they're a horrible person because to your point, I stayed in the relationship. Like I wasn't blind. I wasn't forced Mm -hmm. to stay in this relationship. And I do Mm -hmm. believe that people treat you the way that you allow yourself to be treated. So yeah, you're right. It requires some self-growth if you're going to get out of that situation and just not accept that in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's completely your fault. And it's not your fault. It's like something you have to live because it shows you many things. It taught me so many things. This toxic relationship helped me a lot, even though you don't believe it, but it helped me a lot to know my boundaries, mm-hmm. my limits, yeah. to know about myself. I don't know. You know, every individual, every human has its own issues, yeah. its own traumas. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to go through life and these experiences just show you where you need to be better at. Yes. So I'm very grateful for this toxic relationship, believe it or not. I'm very, very grateful. I learned a lot because of this toxic relationship. I started meditation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of this toxic relationship. I started therapy. Mm -hmm. I start reading about a childhood traumas I started to read about psychology I started to read about mental health issues because he had a mental health issue so I start to being more conscious after him so I'm very grateful for this and nowadays we are friends he calls me maybe once a year okay to check how's life, what's going on, how's your life going. And I really appreciate this person, mm. even though it was like the worst moment in my life. Yeah. That's really nice that you guys were able to reconcile your relationship, but still have a healthy boundary and some nice closure at the end of it all. Yes, but I'm also very grateful that I could actually stop that toxic relationships because a lot of people can't. A lot of people stay there all their lives. Yeah, it's really a sad realization. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I really can relate to what you were saying about being grateful because I think there are times when it's easy to beat up on myself and say, I can't believe I stayed in this relationship for this time. You wasted your time. But no, it wasn't a waste of time because to your point, I think there was clearly some self-work and a reflection that I had to do in terms of setting my own standards, setting my boundaries, like you mentioned, and just understanding what I need in a relationship and what I'm not willing to put up with. And so if it hadn't been with that person, it would have manifested itself some other way. So Mm-hmm. Ah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Wow. This got really deep. And I really yeah. appreciate you opening up so much about that experience and how it's really shaped your current approach to dating and just also your sense of self. Yes, I think it's important. It was a very important time in my life. And also it helped me to understand other women mm-hmm. that are going through the same because when you see it from outside sometimes you think oh what a stupid girl how can Mm -hmm. she stay in that relationship oh my god you know she's an idiot and like that and like that but now that I was in that situation I understand these women so much it's not easy Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't even realize until you are already there and Mm. when you are so in love and it's so difficult to go out yeah so it also helped me to understand other women that are going through these toxic relationships yeah because unfortunately you can always sympathize with somebody but you can't empathize unless you've been through something similar so i definitely agree that it helps with that empathy as you're kind Mm -hmm. of evaluating other people's situations yeah. And you know what? The worst thing is that it took me three years to recover. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to my doctor and to my therapist, they told me that because I was getting so sick. My hair was dropping and oh, wow. my skin was very bad. I have so many issues. And I asked her, how long is this going to last? And they told me, usually when someone go out of a toxic relationship like that, it takes around three years to recover. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. Okay. That's very daunting to hear, but that's, wow. It turns out they were right. Yes. And I was like, three years. No, but yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. If you are thinking, (laughs) or if you know you are in a toxic relationship, think about it will take you at least three years to fully recover. Yeah. So start the recovery work now. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Oh my gosh. That is a lot to ruminate on. Wow. Well, I mean, I just wanted to, again, thank you so much for sharing your experience, all of your experiences and like to give full transparency for listeners. This latter part of the conversation was unplanned, but I'm really glad that we got to kind of dive a little bit deeper and have more understanding of what shaped you today. Yes, thank you. Thank you again for inviting me. I really enjoy everything and it was very, very fun. Good. Very good to remember all of this that happened to me. Oh, well, I'm glad you had fun. And before I let you go, I actually want to end with something else that's pure fun to do a total 180 from our final topic. Yeah. So I wanted to play a very quick game with you. 
So the game is headache or heartbreak. So essentially, I have a few scenarios. And so this is a scenario where you're dating someone, obviously, you're dating someone seriously now. But hypothetically, you're dating someone, they're a tourist, you like everything about them, but they have this one trait. Is it a headache where it's not ideal, but you can deal with it? Or is it a heartbreak where you say, I cannot date this person any longer? Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So the first one, they only eat at Sanborns for the entire time they're in Mexico because they're afraid of getting food poisoning. And for context, (laughs) I believe you described Sanborns as the IHOP of Mexico. So like, Uh it's not bad, but it's just not the Mexican culinary experience that you would hope that someone would be open to. Exactly. Um, headache. Okay. Headache. Okay. Yeah, because Sanborns is is actually delicious, so I wouldn't mind. I actually wish that I I didn't eat there because there were so many places on my list, and I wanted to try mm-hmm. so many street vendors, and I didn't end up going to Sanborns. But I'm actually kind of disappointed I didn't. Yeah, it's good food. You know, it's like not the best, mm-hmm. but still, it's good. Okay, I'm imagining it must be like better than IHOP. Like if someone came to America and they were like, I only eat at IHOP. That would be a deal breaker for me. So maybe, oh, really? yeah, maybe IHOP isn't a fair comparison. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the food in Sanborns is much better. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the next one, they claim to love Spanish music, but when you ask them which songs they like, their first response is Despacito. Headache, headache. Yeah. Yeah. I think so yeah. too. It's like they can learn other Spanish music. Exactly. It's because they don't know. It's because maybe they haven't lived in Latin America. So Mm -hmm. they don't know a lot about reggaeton. Yeah. Okay. So since you're so well-traveled, if you were to meet someone who's never traveled outside of North America, is that a headache or a heartbreak? A heartbreak, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think so too, because... I just think it shows a difference in values, you know, and it's like, why haven't you traveled outside of North America? And maybe, maybe if they have something in the works, that could be a difference. But I don't know. I think at this point, that would be really tough to overcome. Yes, like every single person that hasn't traveled outside their country, it's a heartbreak. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) What's on your mind? Mm -hmm. I feel like you're mindset will be this small you know oh, yeah. so close yeah and you're just thinking about what about working <laughs> like, what? i cannot even imagine yeah those type of persons especially in this year you know now it's so easy to travel yes so yeah yeah i love travel far too much and you're right it's like the first time that i went abroad by myself and by myself just meaning without my parents i feel like that was such mm-hmm. a game changer for me i feel like i grew so much and was able to really finally understand what it's like to immerse yourself in a different culture so yeah i feel like you can't really see eye to eye with a person like that ah no 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 for sure no. okay the next two they're extremely silly so honestly probably just headaches yeah. but we'll see okay so yeah. i feel like on a couple of the tours i went on Every time they would pour us a drink, they would teach us the traditional cheers of like, arriba, abajo, al centro, para adentro. So every time you're on a date with them and every time you get a new drink, they make you do that cheers. Uh, uh, 
heartbreak. Oh, <laughs> it's like so silly. Why would you that? It's so cringy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and no, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I think it's kind of a cheesy person. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I was thinking that. Yeah. Very cheesy as well. Yeah. No, not for me. No. Okay. So the last one. So you're at a restaurant and they're ordering from the waiter and they're meaning to order a quesadilla, but they say quesadilla and they honestly <laughs> don't know that that's incorrect. No, no, poor guys. You know, I'm a language teacher, so I hear this mm. all the time. Aww. Yes. That's very yes. gracious of you. Though I'm sure they'd be very embarrassed, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's so difficult to learn a new language and a new pronunciation. <sighs> oh yes. So I can't be angry about that or I cannot laugh because I've learned English and I learned French and I know how difficult it is to learn a language. So mm -hmm. I think I'm very, very patient with foreigners trying to speak Spanish. Oh. Well, that's the exact quality that you want in a language teacher. And I feel like that's the perfect transition. Is there anything that you want to plug in terms of your tours, your teaching, where people can find you? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So for my teaching, I'm doing this teaching through Preply and italki. Mm-hmm. So maybe just type in my name, Mariana Villanueva, mm -hmm. and you can find me there. And for my tours, now it's on Super. That's mm -hmm. the name of the tours, Super. So you can find that on Strawberry Tours and Guru Tours. Just make sure it says Super and make sure when you read the reviews, you see my name, Mariana, yes. there. Yes. And I honestly cannot recommend Mariana as a tour guide enough. It was amazing. I actually Thank didn't tell you, you this. You. I tried to do another tour with my mom. I think it was, I don't remember which neighborhood we were trying to do a tour of, but the tour guide never showed up and I emailed them. They had no way for me to get in touch. Whereas with you, I was able to text you to figure out the meeting spot. Couldn't get in touch with yeah. them. I emailed them. No one ever emailed me back. So I would definitely wow. recommend going through Strawberry Tours and booking Mariana specifically. It was amazing. And Thank clearly you. she goes above and beyond because you did not have to meet up with us and take us out, but you did. And that was really fun. I love it. You know, I love to meet people. You are so nice. Oh. You are very, very nice. And the other guys in the tour were so nice as yeah. well. So for me, it's always a pleasure and I really want people to enjoy my country mm -hmm. because I know it's an amazing country and I know it has a bad reputation especially in USA or in Canada or in Europe and mm -hmm. I want to show the opposite yeah. I want everybody to see how amazing is Mexico yeah. how many good things you can do how amazing is our history our food how you can party mm -hmm. and you can be safe and you don't need to be scared and it's just an amazing place so for me it's a pleasure to change the mentality of tourists when they come to my country yes I love that and I think it's so sad that 
negative stigma still exists because when I planned Mm -hmm. this trip for my mom, people tried to tell her we shouldn't go. It's going to be so dangerous. And neither of us felt unsafe at any point. So yeah, I think it's really important to get the word out that it is truly just an amazing, wonderful destination. I didn't even want to leave. So Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And I really wish you can come back. Yes. And I would love to I can give you another tour. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would love to. When I come back, my Spanish will be even better. So nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So you can date in Spanish here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you really know how to use Spanish when you can hit on someone in Spanish or like any language. It's like you don't fully know the language if you can't hit on someone or like tell a joke. So that's exactly. the goal. Exactly. The goal is just to tell a joke. If you can tell a joke or understand a joke. Yes. You've yes, made it. You have. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, thank you again. This was so amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really, really enjoy it. Yes, me too. So fun. Thank you. And I hope to see you very, very soon. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.